and it's being everything that you need. And so on this Sunday, God has given me the title um, Universal. Universal. So this is your U and your V. Uh, I just roll the eyes. Uh, This is your U and your V. So Universal. And so Universal, the definition of the word universal is a person or thing having a universal effect, currency, or application. That means it's one size fit all. It's, it's good for everything, everyone, at all times. Universal, right? And so as I began to study, I began to break the word down. And so uni means one. Uni, and that's simply what it means. So it means one. When you think about the word unity. It means to come together as one, right? And then versa means in reverse order from the way something has been stated, the other way around. So versa means, you know, um, when we say vice versa, it means it can go either way, right? But when you put the unit on it, it means it's only one way. There is no other way around. There's no either or. It's just this one way when you put uni on it. And so I wanted to start, um, I thank God for Bible study in the lesson that um, Minister brought forth. I'd say Minister because it would be a funny thing to But I thank God for the lesson that she brought forth um, because she, at some point in the lesson we were talking about how Satan took Jesus high up on the pinnacle and showed him the whole world. And as many times I read it, that just stuck out to me. It made me, I was like, Satan, really? I wonder what it was like to be up there and see all the kingdoms of the world and have Satan offer you all of this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want you to do something right now while you're sitting there. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to imagine the poorest person in the world. The poorest person in the world. In the poorest situation. What that what that environment looks like. Okay, now you can open. Alright. Now I want you to close your eyes again and I want you to imagine what it would look like to be the richest person in the world what you could have and what you could do. Okay, now you can open. Mm-hmm. All right? Satan offered Jesus everything. So I don't know what y'all imagine when you thought about the richest person in the world, but it probably was ten times more than what you could imagine because Satan offered Jesus everything. It words like he took him up and he saw all the kingdoms of the earth. He offered him everything. He said, all this can be yours if you bow down and worship me. And I'm not saying Jesus was the poorest person in the world, but we know that he was not rich. He was not born in the palace. He was born in the manger. We know that his daddy had a job. So most of the time when you're rich, you really don't have a job. You know what I mean? His daddy was a carpenter. So we know that he wasn't rich. So I can only imagine what it was like to go from, you know, you, your, just, your humble beginnings and then for Satan to say, you can have all this. For him to turn to you and say, you know, Janelle, 
You can be an NFL football coach, the most winning coach of all time. You know, you can coach all these Hall of Fame players, but I need your soul. Right? To be the best teacher, to be, you know, at this university, or be the best business person, or the best financial advisor, or the heavyweight champion of the world, but I need your soul. Right? I can only imagine what that was like. So, Jesus, of course, he he rebukes Satan because Jesus knew that even though Satan was offering him everything, it wasn't his to give. He knew that ultimately God was the owner of everything. Right? Meaning, because he was God's son, he was the owner of everything. And since he was there in, in the beginning of it all, he knew, how you going to offer me something that I made? So none of those things appealed to him. So during a time of, of distress, Jesus was able to maintain, he was able to maintain his unity with God, which gives us answers on how we should behave when we are in a difficult situation. When you get in a difficult situation, you have to know how to maintain your unity with God, even though Satan might be trying to offer you the world. He might be trying to give you all of these things, but the thing is, he has nothing to give you. Everything that he could possibly give you is going to be taken away from you on the day of judgment. Whether it's a career, whether it's a husband, whether whatever it is, whatever you think, whatever you know, whatever he could possibly offer you can be taken away. Right? We should want and we should desire unity with God because we know that God's character is totally different. Whatever he gives for us is specially designed for us. Even just think about being married. But like when you think about Adam and Eve, Eve was made specifically for Adam. Right? Now that, that's a mature thought and that, that's a whole other conversation. When you get married, ask yourself, do you know, was this destiny? Was I supposed to be with this person from the beginning? Is this part of God's plan from the beginning of time? Right? That's a whole other, a whole other conversation though. But I truly believe that God, what he gives gives to us is the best, right? And he wants us to have it. So this Sunday I'm going to be in Ephesians the fourth chapter. And I'm just going to stay in Ephesians the fourth chapter as I talk about with me it says you're going to feel my spirit. There's only one body. So when you when you are part of a church and it seems like it's divided, it is divided. That's why you can feel it. There, because it's only should only be one body. It should only be one spirit in the church. Amen. And if it's a spirit in the church that's not supposed to be there, you're supposed to kick it out. Yes, yes, yes. Just as there is one hope to which God has called you, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and there is one God, the Father of all people, who is Lord of all. He works through all and is in all. So what about individuality? Because that's where we live right now. So pastor, all of us got to be the same? 
All of us got to do the same thing. All of us got to preach. All of us got to preach. All of us got to be holy that way. Why can't be holy this way? Right? And that's how we are right. We raised to be whatever we want to be. But the word simply says, be ye holy, for I am holy. Be like me. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm not trying to get you to be like me. I'm trying to get you to be like Christ. Because there is one body, one faith, one baptism. Jesus is universal. One size fits all. One Jesus is, is, is good enough for Enzo. One Jesus is good enough for Tony. One Jesus is good enough for Ethan. One size fits all. And that's why Paul was able to become all things to all people. Because he wasn't just trying to be Paul for the sake of being Paul. He was trying to be like Christ. Because Christ is one size fits all. Sometimes in our life, we try to be everything to everyone. And we fail. Because you're not universal. You're not universal. But if you try to be like Jesus, you will find that you can meet everybody's needs. Amen. Jesus is versatile. He can be multiple things at multiple times at multiple places. Right? But even in his versatility, he's still going to be one with the Father. That's what makes him universal. Amen. We are not like that. We're not versatile, and the reason that we often aren't versatile, when I say when we're not versatile, is if we don't have Christ, if we're not one with the Father. Amen. Our sin separates us, yes. right? Our sin makes us double-minded. Yes. Our sin makes us wishy-washy. Yes. That's why we can be all over the place, and our emotions can be all over the place. And we one person this day, and another person the next day. Mm -hmm. We want to operate in the multiverse. We want to create our own reality. Right. So going back to my question, but Pastor, I want to. I still right. I want to be an individual. Does the serving Christ mean I have to be like everybody else? No. Ephesians four seven through ten tells us each one of us has received a special gift in proportion to what Christ has given. God is so big that He can give you this special thing that makes you unique. Even though you are one with him and one with everybody else. That's how big he is. As the scripture says, when he went up to the very heights, he took many captives with him. He gave gifts to people. Now what does it now what does he went up mean? It means that first he came down to the lowest depths of earth, meaning he left heaven, came down here. And then went back up in order that we would believe. And if we believe in him, then he will give the precious gift of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. that will make us one with him and allow us to operate and do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens us. Mm -hmm. So the one who came down is the same one who went up <laughs> above and beyond the heavens. What did he tell us last Sunday? To look where? Look above, right? And we look above, and when we look above, when you go outside at night and you look above, what do you see? You see the universe. You see all the stars in the sky. 
you see everything that he created, the sun, the moon, all of it, right? So the same one who came down is the same one went up, above and beyond the heavens, to fill the whole universe with his presence. He's everywhere. God is big enough. You don't have you don't have to try to make up your own thing. He's big enough. Right? And even in him being so big, what we see that part about him coming down, he humbled himself in order to be exalted. And that made me think about uh, that made me think about Brother Janelle's testimony at Bible study. As long as they was humble, they was winning. Right? As long as, as long as you humble, you can be a giant slave. Right? God can take somebody, he can take Gideon, and he can take them soldiers, and he can cut them down, and then they can go kill a whole army. He can take Samson and kill a whole army with, with the jawbone of an ass, with just a bone. Not no rocket launcher, not no gun, not no missile, not no grenade, but just a bone from a donkey. When you're humble, you can be exalted. That's the God that we serve. And so that humbleness is what he filled the whole, he filled the whole, gee, when he went up, when we say he went up with all power in his hand, yes. he filled the whole universe with that same energy. You know how they say keep that same energy? Uh-huh. When you in, when, when you with Jesus, keep that same energy. Mm-hmm. That I serve a God who can do anything. Yes. All I got to do is just be humble and obey. I serve a God that can do anything. Yes. And when I say he can do anything, I mean it. Yes, he can. So when he got up, you can get up. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. It was he who gave gifts to people. Mm-hmm. He appointed some to be apostles. Mm-hmm. Right? Others to be prophets. Others to be evangelists. Others to be pastors and teachers, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's a fivefold, well, man call it fivefold ministry, right? Mm-hmm. But it would be it, it would be unwise to think that those are the only five people, the only five types of people that God wants to use. Mm-hmm. So I believe, like, notice when you say He gave gifts to people. So even though you might not be an apostle, you might have an apostolic gift, which means you have the gift of helping found churches. Even though you might not be a prophet called in the so-called in the church, you might have the gift of dreams to be able to just speak over your family. Right? And the word and so forth, even though you might not be evangelist, you might just be good at telling people about Jesus in the grocery store, and that make them want to go to church. Mm-hmm. He did this to prepare all God's people for the work of Christian service in order to build up the body of Christ. So that we shall all come together in that oneness in our faith and in our knowledge of the Son of God. And so I say that all to say, like when I say God is universal and then he gives us gifts, all of us should be operating, no matter what your gift is, we all should be operating together so that we know each other, we, that we know Jesus better. Right? So whatever my wife does in her life, however God uses her, whatever that is, should make me know Jesus better. However he uses Tanya should make me know Jesus better. However he uses Aki should make me know Jesus better. 
We shall all be operating with the same spirit, no matter what that gift is. And so I want to say to y'all, this is my little side note under that. Accept what you are called to do for Christ. Accept, right? Don't, don't, don't set a vision in your head and say, this is what I'm getting ready to do for Jesus. Don't do that. Flip it around and say, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. And many times, whatever that is, will be the thing that, that, that's going to that's gonna bless you beyond measure. How many people did you know went to college for something and they don't even work in the field that they got their degree in? <laughs> right? Amen. But when you was in college, you just knew this is the major for me. This is what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. Or you maybe you got a degree and got on the job and realized I don't like doing this. Mm-hmm. What, what if we started out from the beginning saying, God, show me what I'm supposed to do? Amen. Show me what I'm good at. Accept what you are called to do for Christ, just as he accepted the will of the Father. Stop trying to make the universe revolve around you. It doesn't. It revolves around him. When we do that, I'm almost done, y'all. When we do that, then we should no longer be children carried by the way by every shifting wind of the teaching of deceitful people. Think about a child. Y'all ever ask a child what they want to be when they grow up? It changed. How, how much? How much does it change? Every month they got a different thing that they want to be. Well, Paul says when you accept your calling and your gifting, you'll no longer be like children. You'll no longer be like children. Thank you, Lord. Carried by the waves and blown away by every shifting wind and the teaching of deceitful people who lead others into error by the tricks they invent. And I promise y'all that's what's happening today Mm -hmm. when you turn on the TV and you see all these commercials. Mm -hmm. Right? You'll believe like, oh. And I mean, they put it in cartoons now. Every show. It like... This as Alma Bear was praying about this wicked world that we live in. They would have you believing, oh, oh, because it's on TV or on the news or mm-hmm. all of this stuff. All of this stuff is acceptable now. Mm-hmm. It's all acceptable. And if you say anything about it, something wrong with you. You close mine. <laughs> That's not God. God is love. Mm-hmm. Right? Paul says no. Instead, speaking the truth in a spirit of love. We must grow up in every way to Christ, who is the head. Who is the head. Under his control, all the different parts of the body fit together. And the whole body is held together by every joint which, with which it is provided. When things in your life, when things in a church building are falling apart, something wrong with the spirit. Amen. You can blame them. You can point fingers at the people all you want, but it ain't the it ain't the church walls that's, that's hurting people. It ain't the church walls that's giving people church hurt. It's the people in the church. Something wrong with the spirit. Somebody not somebody not in unison with Christ. Because if they were in unison with Christ, Christ would be holding the body together. 
Everybody with no they know they know and they roll in their place and they value. Every joint would be would be working and operating together. So when each separate part works as it should, the whole body will grow and build itself up through love. So I thank God. I, 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 I thank God for Brother Marcus and, and that revelation about accountability and that revelation about this being a covenant house. Because when the body is operating together, you are going to start to see it reflected in every member of the body. Tell me how 20 people in this church can be blessed and they just say, Izzy sitting back there and she got a need. Something wrong with the heart with the, with the other 20, with 20 of us. If 20 of us blessed, it's something we're like, either something, is something wrong on any part or something wrong on our part, but something wrong. Amen. But how, how can our sister be a part of our body and she not be blessed and the rest of us blessed? Amen. Either we stingy, ain't giving, or, or is, something is off. But there should be unity. Yes, yes. Right? Yes, yes. So maturity means maturity means it's wrong. So this is not it's not a statement, it's a question. Is it wrong? And you don't have I just want you to go home and answer this. So y'all write this one down. Is it wrong to accept God's plan for you if you have another? Huh? Is it wrong to accept God's plan for you? If you have another one, after all, God gave you free will, right? Is it wrong to accept God's plan for you if you have another one? After all, he gives you free will, right? So as I come in, this is Ephesians 4, 17 and 22. In the Lord's name, then, in Jesus' name, I warn you, do not continue to live like the heathen, whose thoughts are worthless, whose minds are in the dark. They have no part in the life that God gives, for they are completely ignorant and y'all know ignorant does not mean stupid. It means they don't have knowledge. They are completely ignorant and stubborn. They have lost all feeling of shame. They give themselves over to vice and do all sorts of indecent things without restraint. That is not what you learned about Christ. You certainly heard about him and as his followers, you were taught the truth that is in Jesus. So get rid of your old self, which made you live as you used to. The old self is what's being destroyed by its deceitful desires. Deceitful desires, y'all, translate to lust. And when you study the word lust in the Hebrew, it basically means the breath of life. So when God created you, he gave you a desire. He gave you a lust. Like, so when we say the word lust, it has become like to our ears, it has become bad. We think sick, we think you want something evil. But really what that word means, it means the breath of life. It means, it means a strong desire, a pull, your very reason for being alive. That's what a lust is. That's, what it, that's how strong it is. Like if you were drowning, 
and you striving to catch that last breath like you have a lust for, for life, for, for I want to stay alive, I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. That yearning to be alive, that yearning not to die. God gave us that. God gave us desires. What happens was sin perverts that desire. And so now lust has become a, a bad word. It's associated with something bad. But if you had a lust for God, would it be bad? Right? If you were lusting after God, would that be a bad term then? Alright? So, lust means it's the very breath of life. It's the desire to live. So when Paul calls it, when he says that your old self is being destroyed by deceitful lust, deceitful lust is the desire to live a lie. The desire to be something that you're not is will destroy you. The desire to, to be something that you're not will destroy you. You have to be who you were created to be. The desire to live a lie will, will have you without your peace. The desire to live a lie will have you lose your mind. The desire to, to live a lie will have all kind of stress and inflammation in your body. Paul says your hearts and minds must be made completely new. And you must put on the new self, which, which is created in God's likeness and reveals itself in the true life that is upright and holy. No more lying then. Each of you must tell the truth to the other believer. So I can't walk in unity with y'all and not preach the whole word. I can't walk in unity with, with, with my children and not tell them the truth and keep secrets. Right? Because they're not going to be real believers. And that's, that's, that's what's wrong with a lot of Christians today. They don't get the whole truth. Right? And if you, you, you can't be in unity, you can't be one with something if, if they don't have your all. Who wants to be in a marriage and you don't have the other person all? The words say, how can two walk together unless they agree? Right? And that's the, so that's the problem. Like, we don't, we don't tell the truth of, we don't tell the truth to one another. And one of the reasons we don't tell the truth to one another is because we don't want to mess up, they, we don't want to mess up somebody else's somebody else fantasy. Or our own. We want, it, we want it to be this way, and if I tell the truth, that might shatter this, this reality or this fantasy that I created. Right? My, and, and I'm not talking about Ethan, but my son, he's a, he a straight C, D student. He's he, he not good at school. He don't even like science, but he say he want to be a doctor. And I don't want to, you could be anything you want to be. No, you need to figure out that ain't it. No, that ain't it. You ain't played basketball your whole life. You just joined the basketball team your junior year. You going to the league. Unless you really like seven foot tall and you got some, some really good skills, you're not going to the league. I'm sorry. You ain't never picked up a basketball. Tell the truth. Because we are all the members together in the body of Christ. Right? And check this 26 verse out. This is Paul talking to the church now. He says, and if you become angry, do not let your anger lead you to sin. 
So I realize that sometimes when I'm preaching or sometimes when you go to your brother and your sister, they're going to be angry, and that's fine. Just don't let it lead you to sin. If somebody tells you something that's true and it hurts your feelings, don't get mad with it. Sit back and think, hold on now. Let me see if this is the truth or if this is a lie. And if it's a lie, let me just go to them and explain to them why. You know, what I heard, I listened to what you said, but I really don't think that's true. Don't get angry. Because really what that is, what? What, 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 the only type of anger that it is is what? Ain't that part of our feelings? Am I wrong? I'm, oh, I thought I was wrong. Ain't nobody answered. The only type of anger is healthy anger. Well, what's, what's healthy anger? It gotta be healthy. It's gotta be good. Don't let it lead you to sin. Do not stay in your anger all day. Don't give the devil a chance. A lot of times when people tell us the truth, we start letting the devil talk and we give him a chance to say, who they think they are? That ain't true. Now you stuck in your pride because the truth is ultimately what's going to make you free. And the truth is what's going to bring you into the presence of Jesus so you can have unity. Right? So in conclusion, if you used to rob, you got to stop robbing. Amen. And start working. Amen. In order to earn an honest living for yourself. Amen. And to be able to help the poor. Do not use harmful words, but only helpful words. The kind that build up and provide what is needed. So that you will say, so that what you say will do good to those that hear you. And do not make God's Holy Spirit say. God's Spirit is constantly trying to bring you into unity with the Lord. He is con- His Spirit is constantly trying to bring you into unity. He's he constantly saying, I got everything that you need. And it makes him sad when we turn around and, and walk away and say, I don't, I don't, Lord God, I don't like how your universe is shaping up. Let me go over here and make my own. For the spirit is God's mark of his ownership on you. You obeying the spirit is what fruit really is. When fruit shows up in a person's life, that's really the sign of the Holy Spirit operating in that person's life. That's why we, that's why we used to, the words say you should know them by the fruit that they bear. You should know whether a person got God or not by when you see the Spirit moving in their life. It's God's mark of His ownership on you. And it's also a guarantee, a guarantee that the day will come when God will set you free from all of this. Get rid of all bitterness, passion, and anger. No more shouting or insults. No more hurtful feelings of any sort. Instead, be kind and tenderhearted to one another and forgive one another as God has forgiven you through Christ. Amen. Universal. So to be one with God is serious business. When when you're one with God, it shows up on your whole life. 
when you're in a church and the people in the church love God, it shows up. Right? And it shows up past external things like giving money or feeding the homeless. Like those are all good things, but y'all know like other people can do that. You don't have to be saying to feed the homeless. So it has to be another level to what it means to be a Christian besides just good works. It got to be a spirit on the inside of you that's saying, I love you in a way that a person can feel it. That's what it means to be one with the Lord. Amen. 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 Amen.